Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends. Every week, Dad and I get together and do a bit of a bonus podcast for you. And we don't necessarily talk about true crime, but we talk about stuff that's true crime adjacent. Dad, how are you doing this morning? Well, Paul, um... I know that before we go on air, you always like to know what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, pretty much. But I'm going to read you an email, okay? Oh, Christ. Okay, here we go. Evening all. Unfortunately, with the ongoing growth of the COVID issue in Sydney, a decision has been made to cancel the event. Now, that event, listeners and Paul, is the 40th reunion, (gasps) which was going to be this Saturday, and I am devastated. I am... Oh, I'm sorry, Dad. uh, Yeah. So that really? was just to, just to bring people up to speed. That was the that was the class, right? That was yeah. the, your class one seven one F troop. Fuck. So it's really you know there are a lot of people coming from interstate and obviously lots of people coming in from all parts of New South Wales. Yeah. And uh, the venue is in a, a red zone. So they've uh, they've pulled the pin on the whole thing. And the lovely, lovely organisers are a girl called Sue Whitfield, who was in mm-hmm. my class. Mm. Uh, I mean, just think of the logistics of giving back all the refunds and cancelling the venue. And yeah, it's, it's, it's upsetting. I, I, I have had my heart set on this, as you and the listeners know, for probably maybe four or five months. It's taken me that long to psych myself into it. Because I'm not a reunion type person. Sure, I know but that. I, yeah. I came around to thinking, you know, this was a magnificent opportunity. To see a bunch and I, of... Uh... And I know that a lot of um, the class... Because let's face it, Paul, the, the beginning of uh, Loose Units, the book, yeah, is all about... Well, there's a lot of it to do with F Troop. It's set in the academy and it's all... Yes, it's, it's all about your time at Redfern Police Academy with these people. And it would have been amazing to get their insights and see what they've been up to and, you mm. know, mm. touch base. And again, you are... Again, yes, you are correct. You are not a reunion type of person, which means no. the fact that you were willing to go was a very big deal. Now, I, I joked about you taking a microphone and kind of chatting with people, but the fact is you would have come back with stories. You would have come mm. back with a shitload of stories. Mm. Damn mm. it. Well, look, I am still going to go at... 2 p.m. on Saturday, uh-huh. although it's going to be a mask event, so I'm not quite sure how anyone's going to recognise anyone. Uh, but there will be a tiny group of people that will at least sort of make a show, so I've decided to go and at least make make an appearance and, okay. and, and sort of okay. say hi to the one or two people. Can you imagine if I just went up to like a janitor, for example, and started talking as though they'd been in my class? 
And then at the end, they said, look, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. And you accidentally spilled, like, crucial secret details about mm. your time there. And then yeah. this janitor's got all this... No- he's got leverage. And then know? it turns out that the janitor is actually an undercover operative. Oh, double twist. Mm. I love it. Okay, so what... Oh, man, that's brilliant. I mean, mm. all they have to do is find out that John Verhoeven's going, send an operative down, and just kind of appeal to your ego. And we're screwed. Mm. Well, that's pretty easy to do, isn't it? Yep, that's the whole premise upon which this podcast rests. I'm really mm. sorry, Dad. I know you were very excited about the reunion. If anyone mm. from... Dad's class in F Troop wants to get in touch and kind of, you know, just... I'm sure we can organise something something else. I'm sure we can kind of get things back to where they were. So. But, Paul, on an incredibly exciting note... Yes. I think we're... I think we're doing pretty well in the uh, the ticket stakes. Oh, we've yes. We've sold more than half of sales. Mm. And, oh, Christ, I'm so excited about this live show. Dad, we haven't been on stage in so long and... I mean, our first show was in Melbourne. I've got the audio file of our first Melbourne show sitting sitting on my hard drive. In fact, I realized that if you go back through the podcast feed, I'm talking years. If you go back years through the podcast feed, you can hear our live Melbourne show. You can hear our first show. And it was at Toffin Town, which is this sort of like, it's in this beautiful old building. It's, it's in a bar, basically. So everyone was a little bit was a little bit drunk at the time and it was a very enjoyable gig and it was your first live show with mm. me mm. um horrific and <clears throat> scary oh you said horrific i thought you said terrific but yes no, it was, it be- i was shit, shit scared yep yep but this this show is a, uh it's part of the melbourne podcast festival which means basically it's a jam factory which is sort of this huge well it's a, it's an old turn of the century jam factory that's been turned into a cinema complex and so we're actually going to be doing it in a cinema um I love movie theatres. In fact, this specific movie theatre, I've seen a lot of stuff in, so it's going to be weird performing up the front of the... Um, maybe we can get the screen. Maybe we can comedy at the screen and have stuff playing behind us. Mm. You know? Like a like a slideshow of our greatest hits or, I don't know, some some case files or... Maybe we could get some actors to act out the story I wrote for My Dad Wrote a Porno. No, you don't. You, we don't want that because it was horrible. But although, having said that, that was one of my favorite episodes of the show. But look, we're going to be doing a, an hour-long live Loose Units show, and it will be recorded. But again, just we'll be doing a meet and greet, signing stuff, and we are so excited. And folks, tickets are selling really fast. Uh, we're well over the halfway mark. Got some tickets left, but we want to kind of pack this out, okay? We want a sold-out crowd. We want a full house. So we need you Melbourne listeners to really come through and rock up on the night and you can get tickets over at the Facebook page, over at the discussion group, or you can head to melbournepodcastfestival.com. It's July the 31st at Jam Factory. Oh, Dad, it's also at 9 p.m., which is a... A great time. It's a great time. I mean, mm. everyone's... I'm normally gonna... in bed at 9. Yeah, me too. But I won't be this time. Well, I hope not. And, we can just and I booked it. Wheel well, a bed out on stage. We could just have a bed on stage. You know, you could just have a nap halfway through the show. Mm. Well, you are an ideas person, mm. but not, not that great. But, um... If you haven't already got tickets to our live Melbourne show, do it. If you live in another state and want to come down and visit, do it. It's going to be awesome. And again, this is our first live show in a year and a half. We're in the kind of progress of checking off all these places. In answer to your questions, yes, we will get to your city at Mm. some point soon. But we have to start with Melbourne because the Melbourne Podcast Festival, some huge shows are going to be there. And we've been invited and it's a huge honor. So we're really excited. Mm. It's an honor for these other shows to be... With us. There's that. At that venue. There's that Loose Units brand I was looking for from Dad. Listen, let's plow on with the show. Oh, sorry. One more thing. Dad, 
Tegan and I launched a brand new podcast uh, mm. this week called Dish. And mm. our first guest is friend of the show, Georgia Love. But it is a... The premise is, if you were trapped on an island, what one dish would you bring with you? you, you what would your desert island dish be? So every week on Dish, a new exciting guest comes along and talks about food and talks about life. It's kind of like a comedy talk show, but the idea is that Tegan and I host the show on this island and mm. the guest is trapped there with us. Mm. So I can give you a sneak peek of some of the upcoming guests. We've got Georgia Love. We've got Lola Berry is coming on the show. Comedian Sammy Shah. We've got uh, Sean Redgrave, who won the Great Australian Bake Off. We've got Maxie Shield from uh, uh, Drag Race Down Under. We've got a whole bunch of big secret guests coming up that I can't mention. And at some point, Dad, I mean, I would like to formally invite you on the show if, if you'd like to Paul, come Paul, you are so kind and sweet, but I've already figured out what dish I'd bring. Well, don't, no, you can't tell us now. You have to save it, save it for the show. Hmm. Okay. But the fact that you have an opinion about this is very exciting. So it's Paul, on. there are very few things in life I don't have an opinion on. That's very true. Paul, yeah. where is the podcast? What do you mean, where is it? I mean, where is it being recorded? Oh, well, we, I mean, we do it on the island. Obviously. It's oh, a, I get it. Oh, I, mean, the, I see. Yeah, You're so actually on an island. Yeah, the, I mean, the location of the island is a, is a mystery. We it's think a secret, it's, secret island. Secret island, yeah. And the, the, the look, the premise is, not the premise, and what happens is every time a guest comes to the island and talks to us, they are then trapped on the island. So the longer the show goes for, the population of the island kind of builds up and up and up. And before we know it, we're going to have a, like an island covered in famous people, all trapped there, all eating constantly and talking about food and... It's going to get a bit weird. The Smoke Monster mm. from Lost is there. Anyway, it's on iTunes. Uh, sorry, it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Literally anywhere you get your podcasts, it's there. So mm. if you listen to Loose Units and you like Loose Units, uh, make sure you head along to wherever you get your shows. Subscribe, like, you know, share the show around. We're really excited. Acast, who um, distributes Loose Units, they're the people behind this one as well. So it's an Acast production. and We're very, very excited. Now, Paul, it's yes. an island. So, how do you get all like all these famous people come on to the island mm. and you cook up a storm? Yep. So you actually cook their dishes, do you? No, they cook. Well, so they okay. We, we kind of in two minds about this. Imagine the island from Jurassic Park without dinosaurs. So mm. you rock up and it's it's covered in jungle and forest and whatever. We give people building materials to kind of you know uh, build their houses or whatever. They can kind of. But the idea is they can make their dishes, right, kind of infinitely. Mm. But let's say Jamie Oliver comes and he his dish is carbonara, right? And someone else has carbonara. Then we've got this weird situation where as a, popular, as a person who lives on the island, you have to decide whose carbonara you want. Maybe mm. that will start a kind of guerrilla war where people mm. kind of split into tribes, Lord of the Flies style. Mm. It's, it's a weird show, but we've got, yeah, we have some truly staggeringly big guests coming up on the show that we can't talk about yet uh the biggest of whom is dad so we yes dad you are formally, very sweet you're formally you. invited to come on the show so all right in season five no well like i'm talking pretty soon I've, oh wow maybe, i'll tell you what i'm my, my juices are flowing well i mean to use to use a, a cooking parlance past parlance is it just make sure they're running clear otherwise the it's undercooked uh mm. Also, one more thing, and this is kind of crime-related in that it's a legal matter. Um, Britney Spears is currently in court trying to end her conservatorship, which basically means her dad, Jamie Spears, has been controlling her life for decades. So she's a, she's just addressed the conservatorship for the first time in court, and she's revealed something 
which is so crazy. So her dad has had uh, control over her life since 2008 when an LA court ordered a conservatorship after her kind of public breakdown, which is because of the pressures of fame and whatnot, right? Mm. And it turns out that as part of the conservatorship, he's made sure that she has an IUD in her that means she can't have children. And she's basically gotten up and said um, she's basically having a breakdown because of the level of control he has. She controls her allowance. But the fact that he controls her kind of... I mean, I don't want to jump on the Free Britney movement, but I think I kind of do. I mean, this is a quote. I'm traumatized. I'm not happy. I can't sleep. I'm so angry. It's insane. The fact that her dad controls her um, her reproductive rights mm. by having an IUD in her... I mean, that is... Paul? That, yeah. Paul? Yeah. I, I've heard of Britney Spears. Yeah. Obviously. Uh-huh. Um... I have not heard anything about this story at all. Mm-hmm. So to deliver that content to me whilst I'm sitting here <laughs> yeah. in real time mm-hmm. is vile and offensive. And I, if I met that guy in the street, yeah. I would, I'd give him a gobful, as we do in this country. Mm-hmm. It's, that is one of the most disturbing, disgusting, offensive, foul, fucked things I've ever heard in my life. It is beyond... I, I am almost speechless. It, it is offensive. Can yeah. you imagine if I said to your sister... Yes. ...that I would do something like that? If Anne had, you know like like had a kind of small... Like, like a, no, if Anne had a public breakdown back in 2008, and then everyone went, where's Anne been? And you went, oh, I basically got her under house arrest. I control her finances, and... Okay, so NPR said, In a rare and explosive testimony, Britney Spears asked a court to end her conservatorship, saying her life is being exploited, she's depressed and cries every day. She says she wants another baby, but is forced by the agreement to keep an IUD in place. Now, an IUD, is that a... um that's like an implant on implant. That's it's uh, birth control. It's sort of, right? a, it's a, it's sort of a, a piece of wire, basically. Oh, God that damn just it. basically because it's a foreign object in that region, it just it just messes everything up. And and look, anyway, look, God, you could do a whole series just on IUDs. If you go to problems, if you go to Instagram and look at Britney Spears's feed, it's basically like watching someone. First of all, she looks trapped. There's been a kind of movement going for years uh called free britney online and look i know i'm sure some of you don't like don't like britney spears don't care about britney spears but the fact is again this is a uh young woman who has basically i mean mean, this is fucked it's Mm. so fucked so she's well it has yeah yeah. to me it has not it's not about britney spears no it's just about yeah yeah it's it's about it's about a man usurping his sort of supposed um sort of paternal rights, um, it's so, I find it disturbing. And it's one of those things that if I was to sit in a dark room for mm. 24 hours and try and come up with some really scary father-daughter stuff yeah. or male-female stuff, I don't think I'd even get into those realms. And when you mentioned it to me, I, I'm i a little bit surprised. I guess perhaps I have a bit of a, like, I guess the filter comes down for me when it comes to certain types of news. Yes, I um, agree. I, I tend not to go into, to delve into that world of, of sort of star personality mm. stuff. Uh, I was flicking through on the BBC news feed this morning because I follow uh, Sotheby's and Christie's and Bonhams and, you know, they've got some, um, you know, some Sanchez, um that Roger Federer owned in some match. And to me, I find that quite surreal and bizarre even though i do deal in the world of collectibles but you know i just i think we 
we need to all just pull back a little bit and sort of, you know, I'm stating the bleeding obvious, but um, someone yesterday said to me, uh, John, look, you know, what are your, what's your mantra for living? And um, I have a few, but one of my, my key mantras is never take anything for granted, which sounds really easy, but, you know, if you really think about it, uh, and just appreciate every single day and see beauty in small things. And I think that's, again, one of the nice things about photography. You, it helps you focus on the immediate and the now. And if ever you see, if ever you're out with your iPhone or your what other phone or whatever, and you just, we all have smartphones, and you're walking and you see something beautiful and you think, wow, you know, that would be a great photo. Stop and take the photo. Because if it's one of those moments in time, you'll probably never get that chance again. Which is, am I digressing slightly? I mean, we went from Free Britney to the plastic bag from American Beauty, which is totally fine. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. <laughs> now, Paul, on your island, how are they going to bring... Do they fly things in or...? Uh, no, no, no. Look, okay. It's kind of a, it's kind of a magic island, right? Hmm. So you get there and you trap there and it's, it is... Just imagine the island from Lost, right? You're on the island, but the one kind of plus to being there, apart from our you know, sparkling wit and company, is the fact that you get to bring one dish with you that you hmm. can make over and over. Right, mm. you have the the ingredients appear as if by magic, and you can mm. cook that one dish. Other mm. people can cook their dishes, and you can trade dishes, which means that sometimes, because we've already recorded four or five episodes, guests will rock up and say, "What have, what's everyone else? What's everyone else done?" And we we tell them 
And sometimes they change their choices based on what other people have made. Mm. And Georgia Love, uh, so Georgia, um, who uh, you know uh, was was the Bachelorette. She's a um, she's a roving news reporter. She's um, Georgia Love's great. She's she's wonderful, and she's a big fan of Loose Units and Electric Blue, and she's a big fan of us. Um, her dish choice, her Desert Island dish, is so controversial. I don't even know how to put it into words. So if you want to find out what her dish is um, and hear the first episode, make sure you head along to wherever you get your podcast and subscribe. But yeah, her dish is weird. Um, and I'm excited to hear what yours is. But dad, I don't want to kind of... We've we've done Free Britney. We've done your reunion being cancelled. We've talked about dish. We've talked about the live show. We're kind of fanging it through all these topics. But mm. I want to make sure that we get to some listener mail. So can we... Oh, okay. Yeah? yeah, no, yeah, th- yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm having a great time, but we've got some great messages from No, I get it. Listeners. I get it. But, but Paul... Uh- a lovely guy that goes under the name of Dower, which yes. is kind of interesting. He he once wrote, which we responded to, yep. John, as a father, what is your proudest moment of Paul and why? And then he also said to you, mm. what memories from your childhood do you cherish the most and why? Now, you, we answered that in a previous podcast. Yes, we did. But he wrote back to me yesterday. Oh, okay. With two more questions. Oh, okay. Well, he, actually, he said, one more question for you. Next episode, more of a two-part question. What is the most you enjoyed about working in the police force and what area of the police force did you enjoy the most so is that that's that's kind of the same question but yes it is yeah you want to give it a crack well i love giving things a crack um (laughs) did i tell you i was at an auction house two weeks ago and they had a whip there a stock whip did you buy it no did i tell you the story no well i actually learned how to crack a whip when i was out, out on a property in tamworth back in the when i was in the police force we used to go out onto this property sort of up in the mountains near Tamworth and they actually, we rode horseback and cracked whips. Can you believe it? You do, so you know how to crack a whip? My, my fur coat I do. So that's what? And I'm it's sorry, an art. I'm sorry, can we just wind back to that expression? My fur coat I do. In other words, yes I do. What? Or my oath. You haven't heard that term? I don't think anyone's heard that term. Oh, excellent. I like it very much. I just, I yeah. don't... Well, no. just, it's a way of saying yes, my fur coat. Uh, I, I have no idea where it came from. I do not own a fur coat. Let's just, let's just put that on the table. Okay. But can you imagine riding a horse? I love riding horses. I'm left-handed, so my right hand is holding the rein. Yep. And I've got my feet in the stirrups. Mm-hmm. And not stirrups, those types where you give birth. That'd be weird. Well, then you wouldn't even be on a horse, would you? In fact, I don't think they use... Although they do use stirrups occasionally for certain gynecological procedures. Oh, fuck. What the fuck? <laughs> but, Paul, but Paul, so cracking a whip is bloody difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So I went to this auction house a few weeks ago and they had a 19th century rare stock whip. And it was it was sort of all bound up so people wouldn't try and use it. And I said to the staff, because I've got a very good reputation there, I said, do you mind if I have a crack at the whip? Mm-hmm. They said yes. So they gathered round. They gave me about maybe five square metres of, of free space. They sort of created a bit of a circle around me. Yep. And I'll tell you what, it was like riding a bike. You never forget. And I got this whip out. I, I sort of uncoiled it. Yep. This is the 19th century leather full-on stock whip. And in the middle of this auction house in this beautiful void, <laughs> I let it crack. And it made the most... It was like... It was like a combination of lightning and thunder. It was so exciting. And I got a bit carried away because there are certain things you can do with a whip. 
And then when I went to crack it the second time, get ready for this. Yep. This 19th century magnificent rare leather stock whip, I broke it. It snapped in two. And it was it was one of those moments where everyone felt sad and sorry for me and it was very embarrassing. You had to pay for it, I assume. Uh, no, because they were very kind and sweet and... Um, Oh God! I shouldn't be saying this on the podcast, <laughs> but anyway, they, uh, you know, let's just say that we we covered things up a little bit and put it back on display. <laughs> Wait, on. hang on, hang on, oh, hang on, dear. hang yep. on. Is yep. this is this being auctioned now? Oh, it's it's sold. It's sold. <laughs> it broke. Yeah, I broke it. Are you- I broke it. I broke it prior to the viewing. Wait, which are, is you, good. are you legally culpable? Or are they Well technically yes, but what they then did very very kindly is that they then described it as a nineteenth century stock whip AF. Was... AF. And that means as found. So... Which means Right, so oh man. I wonder how what kind of brave burly stockman used this in some heroic sit no, it was No, just it's, it was the, it was a magnificent and I've actually been seriously yeah. I'm contemplating Getting buying a, a stock whip, yeah, a, a a brand new one and going down to the local park and just cracking it from time to time. Hang on, that's a weapon, surely. No, it's not a weapon, it's a device used for well, I could use it because we have fireworks here that go off every night at ten PM. And yeah, every single night of the year, these fireworks go off. Didn't you know that? No. Have a guess, Paul. Mm-hmm. Why fireworks go off every single night of the year around where we live? And I can say to everyone, it's kind of inner Sydney. Because uh, the Governor General lives near there, and he is an absolute dynamo in the sack, and he likes to make love at the exact same time every night and punctuate the moment of ecstasy with fireworks. You have got an incredibly vivid imagination. You got that from me. Um, not from your mum. Although she'd be upset if she heard that. I don't know. I think I, 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 no, you know what? It's probably an even mix. Okay, what, Paul, Paul, what are the fireworks for? Well, would you like to... It's something to do with the Sydney Botanic Gardens. Um, is it a rare orchid that explodes? No, I mean, hang on. Why would they need to set off... When you say fireworks, do you mean like a single bunger or do you no, mean no, a full No, 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 no. This is a major, major, almost like a mini fireworks display. Hang on, every not, night? Every single night in Sydney. Tell me. You, are you impressed? Uh, well, I'm dubious. And intrigued? Are you intrigued? We have a major problem in the Botanic Gardens with flying foxes. Right. And they, they do that to try and, you know, agitate them uh-huh. and, and stop hanging upside down and peeing on themselves. Right. Which they do. And some people do that too. They do. Probably. I, I don't I can't speak from experience, but yes, I imagine they do. Um so wait, so every, isn't that interesting. Every night they said Yeah. Every night we hear them. And and actually, weirdly enough, we've been hearing it for years and mm-hmm. it only I I genuinely used to think that it was just crazy rich people having parties. Apparently it's not I mean I'm Googling and the last thing I can find is that they just play loud noises. No, so, no this is this is this is fireworks. Well, it's sort of it's like like thundery explosions. Put it that way. Okay, isn't that interesting? Yeah, but if firework is two components, it's the noise and it's the actual you know the light and the no, I, no not with a bunger because we used to use bungers back in the day when you could literally blow your hands off. You bung things. I once put a small bunger in my mouth, pulled the string out, and almost Paul, blew my just, lips off. I know that's 
Did you? I was yeah, I was a teenager. That's, I was, that's I, weird. I was at um Anthony Stenmark's house and I almost mm. blew my lips off. And then mm. I tried to play it off like it wasn't a problem. It mm. was a problem and um I couldn't talk properly for a couple of hours. I told something. you that time I burnt myself on a big firework, didn't I? No. Really badly. Mm. And my parents insisted on going to church in Newcastle that night. Yep. And I literally had third degree burns on my thumb. And guess what I had to do? What? I stood at the back of the church with my thumb in the holy water. Oh, I mean, if you're a religious person, that's probably better than a doctor, right? No, but the water did help. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Hmm. Just a little tidbit. I thought I'd throw in. A what? Um, anyway. <laughs> okay, hang on. I, look, I, I'm just going to read one quick message, okay? Because right, cool. I, By the way, Dad, I've had such a good time today. This is a great... This has been great. I'm having a great time. I'm in a... Good, good. I'm in a... You know, sometimes you wake up and you're not sure how your day's going to go. You have your coffee. And you just, you know, talk, like emotionally, tonally, you're not feeling... Mm. You're in that mm. kind of neutral space where it could easily tip either way. Thank you mm. for pushing me into the good box. I really good. appreciate it. Well, I'm so happy I could have a gay time. Fuck does that mean? Ice cream, one of my favorite ice creams. Golden gay time. Yeah, they're pretty good. This is a message from Louise Thorley. Hi, Paul and John. I've been tossing up whether to write you guys about this, but after reminiscing with a friend, I thought I would. A couple of weeks back on the Adrenaline episode, John talked about how he and his mates used to lift each other up in the air or into the roof with ease. My friends and I, back in the very early 90s, used to do that at school too. We did it in the hall at lunchtimes. I hadn't thought of that for many years. We used to chant, stiff as a board, light as a feather, over and over, and then boom, up they went with very little effort. It was quite amazing, really. I'm curious as to whether John used the same chant before the lift. I really love your podcast and John's stories. Your banter is hilarious. I can't wait till you guys do some live shows again. Love your work, Lou. First of all, Lou... Hope you're coming to the Melbourne show. Secondly, Dad, you didn't mention a chant when you told the story. There definitely was a chant. And thank you very much, Lou, for bringing that back into the circle. Mm -hmm. Into the circle of circles. The magic circle. Okay. Uh, Yes, we'd all do that. We'd say something. And that rings a bell. But you're not going to... It's weird because I don't know whether it's auto-suggestion, but I'm thinking we also used to do it back at Beacon Hill High School. Really? It's very possible. I think we went through phases. You know, sort of things... Back in high school, you'd do certain things. Oh, um, like, yeah, um, like Pogs or Tazo or... Mm. Or the Little Red School book. What? Are you, were you a communist? Oh, this no, is- but there was, back in the <laughs> 70s, there was a, the Little Red School book. And it, and it was just had all sorts of things in it, like the F word and the C word and had little diagrams and spoke about intercourse and, and just taboo topics. And I remember seeing it. There was this a throng... Not a thong, or a, a throng, a throng of, of people in the in the quadrangle at Beacon Hill High School, probably nineteen seventy four, and you just sensed that someone and the word had got out, um, like that famous Australian poem Clancy of the Overflow. There's some there's a sentence in it where something got out, mm. and oh God, Paul, so um. And yeah, yeah, and you'd sort of make your way in to this to the inner sanctum, and someone had the book, and it was just this. It was just this. I mean, for people that <clears throat> listen to this podcast that may recall the little red school book, I'm sure I've never um, googled it. Let but- me just here we go. I'll read this. In 1969, shortly after the summer of love swept America, Danish school teachers Sorden Hansen and G- Jesper Jensen penned a slim and provocative book for teens as a protest against the Victorian-slash-authoritarian school system with this robotic discipline, encouraging young people to think for themselves, 
to question social rights, to demand more of their education, and to explore their sexuality without shame. While aimed at kids, this refreshingly lucid principle of identity and blah, 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 blah. Right, so it looks like it was kind of a educational slash protest book. Um, I'm looking through it now. Oh, it was illustrated. Okay, there's like a monster in there. Um, is this the same thing that, that you are thinking of? Mm, not sure. Is it called The Little Red School Book? Yes, it's called The Little Red School Book. Does it have any pictures of willies and things? Well, we're going to look through it now. Here we go. Oh, I've got a scan of it right here. Okay, I'm looking through now. Uh, staff meetings, influence. It's kind of got like a... Yeah, it's um, homosexuality, porn, drugs, okay, everything. abortion, cool. pot, That's it. acid, everything. morphine, cocaine, heroin, speed, uh, change, power... Careers, discrimination against girls, solidarity, conflict. Um, Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And it was banned. Yeah. It was an illegal book in New South Wales back in the 70s. Huh. And someone got a copy of it at my high school. Yeah. And it was just this thing that it was sort of, oh, God, it was just surreal unless and, and the, exciting. Un- unless, the section upon, or, like, unless the section talking about boners had the phrase stiff as a board in there, how is this linked with um, with our lovely listeners' question about the, the chant? It's not not at all, but it did bring back memory of of my time in high school. I, look, honestly, I, I find it fascinating, and I love the idea that two naughty Swedes published a book to help people uh, get some real information in their lives. So well, it reminds me of speaking of Swedish. You know, mm-hmm. the Color Climax Corporation. No. They sort of led the world of pornography back in the sixties, early seventies. Right. And one of the guys in my class. In F Troop, you remember the story? I was in the city and I met this tall guy with long hair. Oh, and you said that one of your kind of ex-cop friends yeah, ran a in my class ran the biggest pornography bookshop in Sydney, if not Australia. I mean, it was an icon, right? And and he he's just he just maintained his his niceness and decency, and he was just like a gentle giant and a fucking good bloke. And uh, funnily enough, Dutch, half Dutch like me, right? I'm not sure whether it's the top or the bottom half, but they always say, isn't it funny you say half Dutch or half Scandinavian or you, half... You're half you know Dutch, right? Yes, but what half of... Is it the top or bottom half? I think it's like a, it's like a mix. It's like, when yeah, you, it's like when you put salt into a soup and you stir it, you know, you can't then take the salt out. It is in every part mm. of it, right? Mm. And Paul, if I may, your, your cooking thing is exciting, but mm. I just... I cooked one of my signature dishes last night and it was so good right. that... That Christine has asked me to replicate it. Um. Okay. Uh, what was it? it? Now, I don't want listeners to sort of go, so what, John? But when I say signature dish, I added a bit of something special into it. Uh, Rissoles. But exceptional. Paul, don't say it in such a monotone. I mean, they were magnificent. Rissoles. No. That's the most Australian thing you could have cooked. Paul, mate, I have a few signature dishes. Look, mate, it'll put hair on your chest. Paul, <laughs> I've I made... No hair. I have no hair on my chest, Paul. By the way, I had a listener reach out, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close on this message from a listener. Okay, Now, the listener is asked not to be named in a kind of fun way, but I think I'm going to name the listener just because it's funny to name them. Okay, You know, I'll just give his first name. Uh, his name is Peter, and Dad, this is the final beat of this episode. Hi, Paul. Love you, Dad, and don't mean to offend him, but gotta say, without ever having met him, your impersonation of him is spot on and cracks me up every time. 
Thanks, Peter. I think it's a pretty good impression too. I think you wrote that yourself. No, I didn't. I'll I don't think. I don't think Peter exists. Okay, <laughs> except in your little mind. I said you were screen cap right now. Here we go. And so I don't care. I'm. You've. You've. I don't believe it. Because I don't sound like that. Well, you go from monotone to over-enunciating words when you feel like you're kind of on the back foot or you're trying to impress people. Uh, One of my favorite things about you is that it's very hard to get you to laugh. But when you do, it's it's like fireworks going off. Not Hmm. like Botanic Garden grade fireworks. Check your phone, by the way. Oh, yeah, that looks pretty fair, Dinkum. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but look, look at the caricature of himself. He's an illustrator. Fair enough. Anyway, um, I just actually, wa- I think I've spoken to him. He's a lo- lovely guy. Lovely guy. And thanks, thanks, Pete. No problem. Throwing you out of the bus. Love it. Thanks, Pete. And thanks everyone for listening to this truly joyous episode of Loose Units, Loose Ends. Dad and I had an absolute blast, and we can't wait to see you next week for more Loose Units. And also, if you live in Melbourne, we can't wait to see you when we do our show at the Melbourne Podcast Festival. So get off your butts because tickets are selling out really freaking fast. MelbournePodcastFestival.com is where you go to grab your tickets, or you can head across to our Facebook page, the Loose Units Discussion page. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you next week for more Loose Units. Bye. Oh, and Paul. Yep. One more thing. Sure. Uh, everyone is commenting on my hair, and some people have described me as a beatnik. Yeah, you got to put some product in there, Dad. Paul. Yep. Uh, FYI. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a haircut today, but not because of the listeners and readers. And some people are also commenting on the way I raise my eyebrows. <laughs> Dad, run a bloody comb through your hair. You look like a hippie. Fair enough. All right. Lovely chatting. <laughs> bye, everyone. And bye, everyone. Bye. Cheerio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.